Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, you all, we are back with another episode of Black Women Healing Pod, and today we have a very, very special guest, Ferris Mason. Am I still, am I saying your name right, Ferris? Yes, Ferris Mason. Yep. Ferris Mason. Thank you so much for being our guest. How are you doing tonight? I am tired as hell. <laughs> Thank you for the honesty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always going to have that. I really appreciate it. Well, let's try to make the best of this. And like, um, you know, we hope that despite you being tired, that you like some of our questions and we can have some good conversation. You ready? Yes, I am. Okay, go ahead, Myra. So we do a random scenario to get started. So if you could level up in any aspect of yourself, but you have to decrease another aspect of yourself, by the same amount, what aspect would you increase and what would you decrease? Oh, wow, that is a good question. I think that I would increase my self-care. Okay. Because I feel like I'm definitely lacking, lacking that area just because I have so much to do, um, but I know it's important. And an area that I would decrease in would be procrastination that has been my lifelong partner kicking it with me since forever <laughs> <laughs> like just chilling with me at all times not and it doesn't always build me well but i it's, i feel like now i just call it like like it's just a part of me i always get it done but like i could get it done before if i just planned it out properly yeah danica what would you say yours would be I don't know. Um, I guess if I could level up probably my my awareness of how much I can do. I think sometimes I take on too much thinking I could do more than I can. Mm -hmm. And so I would say if I could be more aware of what I really can do um, and then decrease... um, <laughs> sometimes I can be I don't even like to say selfish either I I guess maybe it is sometimes I can be selfish and I think about myself mm-hmm. and um I probably would decrease that piece of it okay those are good what about you I would decrease my productivity because I feel like I'm a little too productive sometimes and I would <laughs> increase <laughs> because yeah I'm never lazy I'm always doing something I think it's just the Capricorn in me so oh yes it is is. (laughs) no I'm a Gemini but my um my best friend or one of my best friends she's a Capricorn every Capricorn I know is like about their business at all fucking times I can deal with the women the men it's a cross like don't come here don't don't come by me I don't want to talk to you I don't want to look at you 
I can't take it. <laughs> it's so true because Myra, I've never met anybody like you in a sense. I've always thought that I was a person who was like just all like going in, but you most definitely, you're the first person I met where I'm like, okay. Uh, you know what I'm gonna join the video even though I'm looking a little crazy but I feel like no it's fine I say you should see me sometimes I'll be on here I'll take off my (laughs) phone everything everything. (laughs) (laughs) so I'm gonna go ahead and introduce you Ferris so um Today's guest is Ferris Mason. Ferris Mason is a fashion and wardrobe stylist, creative director, event producer, and model. Her creative style is a unique talent that can seamlessly blend high-end contemporary, vintage, and classic styles to evoke the vibe, mood, and style of a shoot. Ferris accredits much of her fashion sense and style to growing up on a tight budget and living in thrift stores with her mother and weekend trips to Nordstrom's and Union Square in San Francisco with her father. While style and fashion are an innate talent that is never ending and expanding, Ferris too is multifaceted and holds a bachelor's degree of business management from Golden Gate University with considerable business insight and experience working with both startups and large corporations. Her success has everything to do with her dual approach of professional creative styling and efficient business strategies. Through her desire to give her community Ferris is one half creator, director, and producer of the Come Up LA. The Come Up LA is a monthly marketplace for all Black brands. The goal is to help the Black community use their spending power to influence economic growth in the Black community. The Come Up LA provides space for brands that may not otherwise have the opportunity to showcase their brands, products, and services to the community on a larger scale. We are nothing without community. So welcome, Ferris. Hello. (laughs) And so if you all haven't kind of picked up so far what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about Black women and entrepreneurship today. So just getting straight into it, Ferris, can you describe how you begin to find your passion for promotion and support of Black brands and overall entrepreneurship as a whole? Well, it's kind of a a longer process than just the time that I've been doing Come Up LA. Um, As you're reading the bio, I realized that there was a part that I didn't edit. Um, I don't have a partner any longer, so I do it all myself. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of work, and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm tired. (laughs) Um, But I've always been a person that had had or has other things going on outside of like the jobs that I had you know whether it was uh doing wardrobe styling or or when I started doing like modeling at in the local level back home I'm from Oakland or whether it was I used to sell vintage clothing so I used to do a lot of pop-up shops and different things like that and I've always just had that spirit in me to have Mm -hmm. something else going outside of just what was presented to me at my job. Mm. Also, my dad, he was a he was an entrepreneur. He had a contracting business um, my whole life, and you know, I never he never worked. I mean, obviously, you work for someone when you're a contractor, obviously, but it wasn't. You know, it was his company, his business, mm-hmm. and the seeing kind of like the freedom in that, and also the challenges. Um, 
I don't, for some reason, the challenges, which the challenges are, you know, you might not get a job. You might not have, you know, mm-hmm. someone might not want your services or need your services or you do a proposal or a bid for a job and then they don't want to do it. So, and I'm just thinking about this right now. That didn't detract me from, you know, ever wanting to have my own thing. And I never even really thought about it, actually, now that I'm um, expressing this to you guys. Mm-hmm. And and now the, the space that I'm in, I no longer, no longer, no longer, no longer, no longer want to work for someone or a company that in the end does not value me in any shape mm. or fashion. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've worked in engineering firms, uh, accounting firms, business management firms, doing, you know, all the different types of things, bookkeeping, payroll, HR, paying bills, business, just all those things that are involved. And the time that I worked in a level of, um, like the HR side of the HR support side is that I would know when people were getting terminated mm-hmm. and I would have to act like I did not know because yeah. I, I, I met, I set up their last checks. I gave them all their stuff that, that they needed when they got their exit or inter- well, they call it exit interview. I said that terminology is ridiculous. Anyway, after you have your exit or exit interview, when you get terminated um, and it's just, you know, it's just so, so heartless. And I'm a very Mm -hmm. compassionate, empathetic person and things like that. And the things that I've seen throughout all the many different jobs that I've, I've had or people that I've been around, it's just like, it's, it's really cutthroat and, you know, there's no value. There's really no real value in who you are outside of what you can do for them. And so I no longer want to give what I call my mind equity. I no longer want to give anyone space with that. So, and coming around to doing come up, um, you know, originally I did have a partner and it was an idea that he had. And because of the business, the set of business skills that I have um, and organization structure, you know, that was all like a natural thing for me because that was things that I had learned through the jobs that I, the jobs that I had held. And, you know, rocking with black people, that's just, that's just who I am. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm from Oakland. That's the city of the Panthers. The spirit is in me. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I've always, you know, always have, I've always had friends that are creative, whether they do it full-time or part-time. I've always had creative friends that have products, have or, or have a service, makeup, have sing. I always, I've always had friends that have skills, and, um, those type of skills or, or entrepreneurial endeavors. And um, I used to, um, so I used to do, like I said, I used to sell vintage clothing. So I used to put on little, what now everyone calls them pop-ups, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I used to put on pop-ups, vintage pop-ups every month, you know, the first one that I had and some intermittently throughout that, I would have my friends be a part of it. I'm like, oh, you can sing? Okay, you're about to perform at my event. Oh, you can do makeup? Come do little mini makeovers. Oh, you do this? You you know, whatever it is, I was trying to support Mm -hmm. my friends, you know, and what they were doing. All my friends, you know, they weren't all Black, but most most of them were. And I've just always felt very strongly about supporting us. Um, and I, I don't, 
I don't get down with injustice. Um, I have a real strong or, 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 or race, you know, none of us get down with the race, the racial, none of the racial slurs, none of the, none of the, those tensions and microaggressions you get out in the world. I've never been one to be quiet about it. Uh, just never, just not never, even if it's just something as slight as, you know, you're out somewhere and there's a white woman and she don't know how to say, excuse me. Ooh. <laughs> we all know that we all know what that is they like trying to squeeze by and they're like sorry sorry no sorry means you're admitting that you did something wrong say excuse me and then they look at you like you have lost they your look mind at you like, absolutely every time i say i say excuse you excuse you no yes i've done that too and I just, I, it's just baffling to me and that is a micro racial aggression a lot of people don't think it's anything they're like oh my mother used to be like oh ferris stop it, why are you so, you know, she, but even though she still felt the similar way that I did, she just didn't, she just wouldn't say anything all the time. But that's not me. Never has been, never will be. And, you know, I've always, you know, worn my blackness with, with pride. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how we don't rock with each other, help each other, build each other. It's, it hurts me sometimes because it's, we see all these other communities that are able to do it. And it's really not even, it's not, it's not hard. It's not like an advanced physics equation. It's support your people, be kind, be considerate, be about your word it, and support your people. It's not, it's not hard. It's not hard. I live in Koreatown in LA. It is evidence that people can be within your community and support each other. There's a million, not a million, but there's a whole lot of businesses out here, restaurants, mm -hmm. whatever, that all Absolutely. sell the same thing for the most part. But they're all thriving. Why? Because people from their community come to their businesses and support them. Their money stays within their community for, you know, a much longer time than the money stays within the Black community. It's like, I think it's like maybe an hour that our money... Fair, since you already get into this question, how about we go ahead and get into it? Because okay. definitely one of the questions on here, the question is, do you think there's a struggle in Black people buying from Black businesses? And if so, why do you think that is? It is. There is. Um, well, we all know, like, the main reason is because, you know, they pitted us against ourselves from the beginning. You know, they've always made us distrusting. And I say they, meaning, you know, that structure that came from racism, slavery, all that, that's mm -hmm. a day. You know, they, they pitted us against our, our, ourselves from the beginning. You know, we don't trust each other. We're questioning this, we question that. We're, we're unsure, we're leery, we have so many questions. And then we also have no patience for each other, none. No. Someone does something that you think is wrong or they did something in their business that wasn't correct immediately people are talking shit, they, they canceling you, nobody wants to, they don't want you to support you, they're about to put you on blast. Instead of how with other brands and businesses, people of other, you know, they won't say anything or they'll, they'll give them another try. You know, you don't give mm -hmm. each other no, another try. Like why, you don't give each other another try. A part of that I think sometimes is too, um, and it's unfortunate, a lot of, Black businesses, customer service is horrible. Mm. Um, and we all know, we've all, we've all experienced it. And then we've all, 
I don't say it, or, you know, you've heard people say it, you know, that's why I don't, that's why I don't fuck with black businesses. Or that's why I don't go here. That's why I don't do this. And it's just like, well, why don't you take that same grace you have for other folks and bring that to your people? And maybe there's, maybe there's some way you can help them, or maybe there's some way you can help them understand a different viewpoint. They might not know that the way they're talking to you or the way they're answering the question or the way, whatever it is that they want of you, they might not see it the same way as you do. They might not think they're being rude. They might not think their product is bad or they might not think this. You have to have a, uh, an open dialogue with someone. I, you know, cause I, I do this every month and it's about an email in our vendor pool is about 200 people, right? A Ooh. month. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Believe me. It's a lot. Yes. Amongst that, you know, there's all different levels of, of people in their business, mm-hmm. understanding, communication styles, education. Mm-hmm. There's all these different levels. I can't respond to everybody the same way because everyone doesn't understand the same way that I do. No one, everyone doesn't have the same skill sets I do. They haven't worked in the same places I have, haven't had the same structure. So, you know, sometimes the questions I get are like, are you serious? But I don't say that. <laughs> or sometimes the questions, you know, it's just, or, or, or what I would think is simple or, you know, like, well, why don't you understand that? But that's not the place that I need to come from with, number one my people and then with helping someone to grow you know right. that, that's you know it's like that's what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be helping each other grow you can't help someone grow if you're going to cut them down just immediately if they do something wrong exactly or what you believe is wrong yep. because like I said we all have different perspectives and sometimes you just need to express it so I take the time but I'm also a very patient person I take the time to if someone has a question or they don't understand I answer it. I break it down. I take the time. And nine times out of 10, whoever I'm explaining, explaining it to, they understand and they get it. Mm-hmm. And then it, and it helps both of us. And, you know, I know that there's so much, so much value. And I'm sure you all know that too. There's so much value if we really work together and really take the time to be compassionate, understanding, and helpful. And not think that we're in competition. Not think because, oh, I sell, say I sell roller skates, and there's five other people that sell roller skates. It's like, oh, no, I don't want them to be around me because they sell roller skates too. No. Market yours another way. Figure it out. There's enough space for everybody. Go to the store. Go to any store. And there's a million brands with a million of the same thing that are all still thriving. Exactly you know um yeah people just i can't tell people just to get over it but just have more just have more grace and compassion for for your for us because it's a self it's a self thing because that that it's kind of like you know some you know all of us black folks don't love ourselves right don't love our skin don't love just all the, the beautiful dope things that are so unique about us a lot of you know all of us don't love that and so sometimes we don't realize that that is is seeping into our relationships with other black folks and our work and our relationship and you know in our business you know because it's just like a little bit of self-hate but you know 
that's a whole other other subject but most <laughs> definitely thank you for yeah. most definitely going into that for sure marv you want to go with the next question sorry yeah first can you tell us about um the struggles that you faced in your journey and how you overcame them oh wow so <laughs> i i moved to la it'll be eight years in may and I moved from, I was, so back home at that time, I was working, I'd been working for an engineering firm in Berkeley. Um, you know, does, it does, they do, they did or we did whatever, a lot of really dope things. And the, that company eventually got acquired by Google. So I was working at Google, I had a contract and they, you know, my boss, uh, yeah, I guess boss, even though she wasn't, whatever. She, you know, they told me, they were like, well, you know, after your contract, so if you want a job, we'll find you something. Let's find you a job at Google. And at that, and now, you know, that sounds awesome, right? Like, fuck, I get to work at Google. It's one of the best companies, you know, mm -hmm. technically in the world, blah, 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 blah. But I was, I was over Oakland. I, I was over it. I was over Oakland. I was over the, P I was just over everything. So my, what did I do? without even no planning i was like i'm moving to la <laughs> um um people had always been telling me to move to la to do styling so um you know i didn't know anybody i didn't know anybody no connection a lot of, i didn't know a lot of terminologies and things for styling but i decided to move down here i liquidated my 401k i got my completion bonus from that and then i got an unemployment and i came down here and you know, I was just out here figuring it out, like literally figuring out how I was going. Um, hindsight, I probably should have been looking for work. <laughs> um, so, you know, first, you know, I lost my first apartment and was homeless for a minute and had, you know, had to stay with someone that was very, it was a very traumatic situation uh, that, yeah, um, that wasn't a good situation. And then, you know, for a while, you know, I've been homeless here in LA for, I've been homeless how many times? Like three times. Um, even in my current place where I'm at now, I've been here like a little over a year. And before that I was homeless. Um, you know, staying with a friend or staying here. I've stayed with people off of Craigslist, Mm -hmm. which is is wild when you think about that idea <laughs> yeah. but it worked out I didn't you know it was, it was actually one of the best staying with people experiences I've, I've had including staying with friends like it's on the top number one experience mm -hmm. of just staying with people um I and and like building and even doing the first come up um and some of the ones after that I was homeless still doing it Mm -hmm. doing the you know I was I was just like oh, well this is what I can I still can do things despite not having you know a home or being stable not having work I was still doing it and um yeah I think like the yeah the first time up I definitely was I was homeless I was staying in someone like the person that I was speaking of from Craigslist um wow I was staying at there I was staying with them and you know it's been it's been really hard because the the support system that you think is going to be there for you mm -hmm. when you really need it right look it's it's really not sometimes and that's the hard part because then you're just like you don't want to have these feelings towards people or friends or family or whoever and 
I, I usually, I'm not a, a grudge holder, so I don't hold grudges on anyone that, you know, didn't do something that I felt they needed to do. Because that's also not for me to judge on what people's capabilities are or any of that. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. Um, you know, LA is one of the most expensive cities mm-hmm. in the world, not just in the country, mm-hmm. in the world. <laughs> and it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a lot, uh, you know, and now, like I shared with y'all earlier, like, I do not want to work for nobody. I do not. I, real as real can be, I get fired from most jobs I have, and it's never because of my work. It's because um, I'm not really like, I don't want to kick it with everybody. You know, people like you to kick it with them and go places and make friends with people at work. Mm -hmm. I make friends with people that I rock with. I'm not going to make friends with you just because we work together. Okay. If our energies don't work, my vibe, I don't feel it. Like, I'm right. not. No. Yeah. Like, exactly, yeah. It's just not happening. Uh, and so, and then I'm also, I'm direct, you know, my directness. And I'm, but I'm not rude and direct. Like, I don't cuss people out. I don't yell at people. I don't call people names. You know, I don't do any of those things. And most of the time I'm, you know, more so in the background or I'm quiet, but I also will stand up for myself and all those combination of things. And then of course, the infamous thing that all black women get every time they're in a workplace is how intimidating they are, mm-hmm. right? I was like, but I don't even do that. I'm just sitting here doing my work. <laughs> how am I intimidating you by just doing my work? I don't right. get it. So all those combination of things, and it's like, you know, usually have me get fired, right? And then, and I was like, it doesn't bother me anymore. It doesn't bother me anymore because I know it's not a, anymore. Before I would like break down, cry, like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Uh, and now, it's just, and you know, the last time I got fired, I was just like, all right, that's great. Moving on. So let me figure out what I'm going to do next, you know? Um, I currently still, you know, as you come up, I currently still work. Um, I, but I work somewhere super low key that I could, like I said earlier, not giving away super mind equity. I work at a yoga studio in Beverly Hills. I do the front desk. Mm-hmm. It's super easy. Um, I, I nanny babysit a little bit or mostly every day. I pick up a, a girl, a little girl from school, uh, help her cook her dinner. And, you know, so her, her parents get home. I, you know, I take up other random jobs. Sometimes I still Uber and Lyft. And mm-hmm. all these things are not like exciting or you don't make the most money from them, but they don't require me to give away all of myself. Um, and come up is where like my heart, as like my heart and my passion is there. Cause I, I like to help people. I've always liked to like be helpful and, and do as much as I can to like, you know, bring somebody up or like if, if someone asks me, you know, do you know someone who does this? I, I've, I've constantly connect people to other people just like, oh, I know someone who does it. And I'll send, I'll, send the, I'll send the phone number if I have it or the DM or whatever it is. I'll send it immediately. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. To me, I don't understand why people don't like to connect, don't like to help people out. And a lot of people do it because of like, oh, well, they've been hurt or, you know, all these other different reasons. But it's like, to me, it's just like, eh you know, well, if you never do anything to help nobody ever again, you're also hurting yourself because then ain't nobody going to help you. (laughs) Because everything that you're putting out, you're going to get back, you know. 
you know, I've, if I refuse to help other people or connect people, you know, no one's going to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And I've been so grateful, like hella grateful in all the things that I've been able to do, the partnerships, people, the things that have come for me doing come up. And not mm-hmm. one of them has been for me reaching out to anybody. Really? No. no. All of it has come to me, like, through someone else referring them to me, through them seeing it, through an email. They just email, you know, blindly to one of the email addresses or some other person connected it. Um, and that's and that's how, and, and that's literally how everything has been, has been going. I have not had to be like, okay, I need to figure, I need to look up this person, send this person an email, contact this and do that. Though I know that is a part of a, a step that I, I, wa- I want to have, but it's like, it's also just me. Ooh, just me. Um, I'm, I'm grateful because that's not, that's not normal. Like, that's not normal. I know that's not normal. I, it's, I, I'm also grateful that, you know, come up started with no money. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, me and my the partner that I had before, we had both of us, because we were both working, so we were like, we had $500 set aside each to use as a deposit for a venue. Mm-hmm. But then we both lost our jobs. Um, my dad passed away. I lost my apartment. Well, I left my apartment. I lost it purposefully because of some bug issues. Horrible. Um, and, and so... And then, so then it was like, we didn't have no money. And that is how it has all been. And I mean, that's how it started. Like we did the first event, um, my ex-partner where used to work, they offered us a room and what's now called Catch One. It used to be called Union, but they changed it back to Catch One um, off of, on Pico, off of Crenshaw. And they gave, they let us use a room for free. So that was like our first step. And then after that, you know, still to this day, I've not had to put any of my own personal money into any of it. Um, yeah, and it's not, and it's like, and I've been able to, you know, you know, get the, ven- pay the venue fees, do, you know, all the things that I need. I do need more money <laughs> for sure, because I have, so I have like so many ideas um, and ways to scale, come up, and then also there's people that have been helping that have been helping out. Um, my my close friend Anobi, she helps me. She helps out a lot, and you know I want to be able to pay her. Um, I you know have DJs that many that have been rock with me since the first first come up, and they still volunteer their services. I want to be able to pay them. You know, mm-hmm. we have artists that do live art for them. I want to be able to pay them, and I think often people don't realize how much money it takes to put on an event, even at a very basic level. Ooh, yes. Like, and I'm particular about how I want things to look. Because I could easily go any to any place and get like an empty spot or any, you know, warehouse or whatever at a, a fairly reasonable rate, right? But it's Man. not going to have the vibe I want. Uh, you know, I, I like to bring stuff for us that is, I don't, I guess I'll use this word, um, elevated or not what type of, you know, what people usually think or envision when they think of a black event, 
because we all know we've all been to some and we like you can like oh this is a black event you can tell because things are a little janky you know just like this is not the best looking you know it's all these things that we equate to going to a black event right and that is like i'm not here for that i'm not here to perpetuate that and i'm also representing myself and representing us and we deserve to have dope ass fly spaces to have events and parties and whatever it is like we deserve that we don't have to settle for what's available you know um yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing like so much of your story i think it sounds like you have been through so many different transitions so many struggles and you just keep going and so i want to give you time and for our listeners and ourselves which i'm 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 so interested in the advice that you would give black women wanting to take a chance on becoming an entrepreneur uh i just number one try it Mm -hmm. the only way you're ever going to know if you like something or if you are good at it, or if you're passionate about it, or any of it, is by trying it. Just give it a try. It doesn't mean you have to do it. If you don't, if it doesn't rock with you, if it's not part of your thing, if you don't like, um, also if you're not into, um, you know, putting in hella work, mm-hmm. don't become an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, it, it's a lot of work, and it's not, even like when you, you know, how we, you know, there's that, that the term, you know, overnight success, right? We all be like, oh, like, oh you, something to one you never heard of, or all of a sudden there's this person and they all over the TV or they're all over here, all over doing this. But it's like, how long have they been working on their craft? Or how long have they been doing whatever it is they were doing? Or how long have they been doing what they did before? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That is, is making them able to be in the position in the place that they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, my my homegirl and I, her my homegirl her name is Gia. She's a part of the Curly Girl Collective that puts on Curl Fest. She was like, because I'm like, oh, you know, I've just been doing this for a couple years, and you know, I was talking to her, and she was just like, no, you have been doing this for how long? You've been working and all the experience you had. You you know, if it's it's been ten years, fifteen years that you've been all the all the stuff that you've done before is the reason why you're able to do what you're doing now. She was like, don't downplay don't downplay that aspect of it and be like you just been doing it for a couple years mm-hmm. because it's it's a it's a long it's a long road you know i often have to um explain to some vendors you know that are newer or yeah that mostly that are newer you know a lot of people are like well i'm just trying to get my return on investment from the, at this from this event or and i'm just like um that's not how it works you know, there are businesses that are in business for six years, seven, 10, 15, you know, there's no, and they might not have turned a profit yet. They might just be breaking even all those years. Yeah. You know, you just got to be willing to put in the work. So it's like, I feel like, make sure that you have a passion for whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because without a passion, if you're just looking at it just to make some money, it's, that's, that's, you know, any, just making money, making money is, everybody wants to make money. We need money to live in this world. But if that's your only motivation, you're never going to be satisfied with, with what you're doing. You know, having some passion behind it, you know, you know I'm, I'm getting continually getting told from, you know, other people, like friends, people that I'm communicating with and trying to like, um, 
grow ways into building come up and different avenues is that putting more of myself out there and sharing sharing who, who my story and what I do and where it came from because that's the part that gets kind of like swept under the rug sometimes that people don't realize yep. and it's a lot of work and you got to be willing to be tired <laughs> uh, you know some uh, I was asked at a uh, uh, at a panel that I did a couple weeks ago and um, one of the sisters she was like so you know it was about like her leaving her job and I'm like yo I can't give you advice <laughs> to tell you to leave your job but you know just know that if you want to make sure that you're ready to mm -hmm. that's all you're ready to and even if you're not like i got for, i get for i got forced into so many different you know i'm not ready but here i am what i'm gonna do am i gonna stop and lie down or am i just gonna be like all right i'm gonna figure it out and here we go mm -hmm. yeah for sure okay so um i know you kind of just gave us some advice on you know taking a chance if you want to take a chance to become an entrepreneur basically just know you're going to be working hard you have to put in that work you won't know unless you do it so we can talk about it all day long you can say you're scared you can say oh yeah okay so um first she really was breaking some things down as i know like listening to her I just, I could feel that she has just been so resilient and she just keeps pushing no matter all the obstacles that keep coming in her way. And I think that it can be very challenging. And I know like, I'm, I'm really grateful that I have Myra as a, as a business partner because I think that both of us can do it by ourselves. We could do podcasts and all types of things by ourselves, but I think together, like it really helps. So I'm thankful. I'm grateful, and um, that's kind of me reflecting. Mar, you got something to say before we go into the, the, the rest of the topics? No, I'm ready for a nap. I'm tired. You I cut out. what you say? I said I'm ready for a nap. I'm so tired. But nah, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> I am. I don't know. I think I need to change my diet. If y'all have suggestions, I feel like maybe it's something I like eat, but I'm always tired. Like, I literally got so much sleep last night and I woke up and I was like, wow, I'm exhausted. And then as the day was going on, I was like, dang, I need to go to sleep. But then I felt bad because I got a full night's rest. But anyway, if y'all have suggestions, please share with me because I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I work out, I eat generally healthy, but maybe I need to see something in my diet. But um, overall, I just think it was cool to hear an entrepreneur be so vulnerable because I feel like oftentimes we have these conversations with entrepreneurs and it's just like everything's sweet and dandy. Um, but I feel like, no, nah, everything is not all sweet and dandy. Like we need to hear like the rawness because then that makes people that are interested in becoming an entrepreneur know the truth about what's really going on. So I enjoyed it, especially black entrepreneurs. We need to hear more from more black entrepreneurs. For sure. Um, I can't really right now think of like a book or article of entrepreneurship. This is reflection about the last circle. Yes, that's a good idea. Okay, so we actually were able to have Black Women's Healing Circle in Inglewood last Saturday or the Saturday of March, February 20. Ooh, my you don't even know where you at. <laughs> 
February 22nd. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I thought it was so good. Y'all was intimate. I feel like that we really were able to connect. I feel like that because one thing about us, yes, we're marriage and family therapists, but in the Black Women's Healing Circles, we are regular participants. We get to participate and we get to be vulnerable and we get to share our experiences as well versus like when we're in a therapy room, we're usually not being able to be as vulnerable because, you know, we're not trying to take up that space. Um, so I just felt so connected. I even cried a little bit at the end and I don't even cry, y'all. Uh, or I cry, I cry a lot actually. I just don't cry in front of people. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I cry a lot. I just, yeah, but I teared up a little bit and everything. What you think, Myra? What's your reflections? Um, I think my reflections seems just always come full circle, and I've been thinking about that a lot lately because, like, I was sharing, like, one of my best friends, she's lived next door to the yoga studio, and um, like. For the people that um, that know me, film scholars across the street where I went to elementary school. So I feel like everything just comes full circle. Because I think about when I was a kid, and I always would say, like, I want to come back and do things for my community, even though now it's being gentrified as fuck. But anyway, I, I want to come back and do things for my community. And it's just crazy how I come back and do things in their place in, like, certain areas where it's just, like, this cokey, like, a mind fuck. Um, and I think it was really good. It was dope having my mom there, you know. She got on my nerves some of the time. It was cool. It was just a cool experience overall. Like, it was dope. I loved it. Yes. And yes, Myra's mom, My, Myra's mom was there. It was hilarious. Nope. <laughs> she, it was so funny, but it was so good, like, to see her participate. And, like, think about it. Like, you got your, you got two generations, mm -hmm. you know, in the same room to hear the same like to be able to be vulnerable in front of your mom like that mm -hmm. and she was opening up to us too which was dope but it was just yeah. hilarious, yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> i'm sure people were probably like they i have an interesting relationship what's going on with them <laughs> it's like okay, okay mom okay <laughs> <laughs> but yeah really good. she doesn't do stuff like that so it's cool mm -hmm. to have her like actually participate in that because it's out of her comfort zone did you ask her to come? Or was she like, you know what, I'm going to come? No. So what happened was she was like, what you doing? You want to hang out? And I was like, pull up to this address. <laughs> she was just like, okay. So then when she came, she was like, what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, just sit down and you'll see. <laughs> you freaking uh, surprised her with a whole black yeah. circle event. Yo. <laughs> yep. But it's crazy because the things we talked about in the circle, she had to reflect on the next day because my cousin ended up passing away. And so like in the circle, she talked a lot about like family dynamics and like how she like interacts with people. Remember she was talking about like the way she interacts with people and stuff like yeah. that. And so in the very next day, that's what I'm saying. Like my life, like the way things happen is so weird. So then the very next day, the things that she talked about in the circle, she got a chance to do those things again with her interactions with family members. And it's crazy because the conversation that she had with us on Saturday, I think it stirred something up in her and she was just telling people how she felt. And I was like, mom, you can't just be telling people like, you're mean, I'm mad at you. Like, you can't do that. 
And she was just like, why? Like, I just want to do it now. And I was like, there's a certain way you got to go about it. Like, think back to the circle, like how we were having like dialogue and stuff like that. You have to continue to do that. You can't just be like, you piss me off. I'm mad at you. Like, what? <laughs> and she thought it was like something it was good like, for her to do. And I was like, no, that's not what we were telling you to do. <laughs> But look, it's a start. It's a start, though, you know? like. Right. But she still had me cracking up. I was like, okay, girl. Okay. That's so dope. Thanks. That is so dope. I really hope that other people who was there are able to take stuff to it, actually practice it. And, you know, we just all trying, so. Yeah. So, speaking of, Black Women's Healing Circle in San Diego is March 7th. Well, matter of fact, when they hear this. That's all I was about to say. It's going to be over by the time y'all hear this. Well, I hope you came. <laughs> okay, I have a question.